This episode brought to you by the pure nostalgia that courses through the veins of anyone born in the 1900s. started Chaz from the future here same as last week to let you in on a little bit of what's going on guys Aaron and I have been podcasting since 2017 and if we do not have microphone issues one week it would be just a beautiful Christmas miracle uh, so that said in the post-production of this it sounds like maybe the wrong microphone was recording for Aaron, and maybe it was just his computer mic instead of his actual professional recording microphone. So bear with us. You don't want to miss this episode because it's just top to bottom craziness uh, from beginning to end. So please bear with us. There's some clicks. Aaron sounds like he might be sitting 10 feet away from his microphone, but it's a great episode. Thanks for understanding. Let's get into it. Welcome to Screen Test. I am Chaz, and with me, as always, is my co-host, the 90s ninja himself, Aaron Milton. I am putting that on my resume. Moving forward, I would like to be referred to as the 90s ninja. I don't know what that means, but... It means nothing. I kind what of... does anything on a resume mean? But I, I, 90s and ninjas are kind of synonymous. Like, some of the yes. best ninja-related items came out of the late 80s and then right through the just heart of the mid-90s. And we kind of stopped doing ninjas. We replaced ninjas with zombies. And that's kind of it. Now it's, you know, everything was about zombies. Uh, we should combine these things. I believe that this, this makes a lot of sense to have some type of zombie ninja hybrid happening here. So, um, hey, Hollywood, just let me know. I will sell you this idea. I don't know the lore at all, but I'm pretty sure, like, at least 40% of Mortal Kombat is zombie ninjas. You... Might actually not be super wrong there. But again, you know where Mortal Kombat came out of? You know what era it came out of? Yep. So uh, being known as the 90s ninja is totally on brand. So I do appreciate that. Do you know what Joritos are? You mean Doritos? Did you just mispronounce Doritos? <laughs> uh, the, the Mexican sodas that they sell in Mexican restaurants that are like 100% sugar. Oh, yeah. Those things are delicious. Yeah. Uh, so we looked those up yesterday and did... Take a wild guess as to what their slogan is. You're not going to do that, but it's pretty great. Uh, so what do I think a Mexican soda brand's slogan would be? An Americanized Mexican soda. Uh, is it Americanized? Yeah, it's uh, pretty Americanized. It's very, it's very, its roots are very much in Mexico, but I mean, you walk into an American Mexican restaurant, you're going to find it. Chaz, I do love this. Like you are a man after my own heart here because this is exactly the type of stupid thing I waste my time with. I would see this this random beverage, this random soda beverage, and I'd be like, I want to know more about you for some reason, and would find something insane like this. I have no clue. You just got to tell me, what is it? Que bueno, son. Hey, <laughs> boy. Slogan. Que bueno. What's good, son? Oh. <laughs> but but two-thirds of it is in Spanish. Que bueno, son. son. Okay. All right. Uh, I, yeah, I would have never gotten that. <laughs> they also sell NFTs on their website, and they have a full breakdown of, like, what is Web3? What is blockchain? Chess. What is an issue? I am loving this company. You're telling me their logo is almost aggressive, almost aggressively hailing to you, and then um, they've got 
I always called it Doritos, obviously. Oh, okay, that was this is where the whole thing started yesterday. The American um, version of this. Yeah, a group of friends had a um, nacho night, and somebody brought how, what I have always called Doritos. Which is probably and the correct way of saying it, yes. Somebody said they brought the Doritos, and I said, well, we already have chips. Yeah. Like, no, Doritos. And I said, what are you saying? <laughs> so we went to a whole rabbit trail of Doritos. Man, I, I love this. This is this is prime prime quality content there. I will absolutely go to their website after this episode because uh, I would like some Haritos uh, NFTs. It's important to me. Said, yeah, I was I was very happy to get the kind of lowdown on what an NFT was from a Mexican <laughs> server website. <laughs> that's the best part about it too is they had to explain this to people, and it's it's soda. It's just soda. That's what they sell. Uh, this episode is not sponsored by Haritos. Uh, it is actually, as I said in the beginning, sponsored by just the pure nostalgia, where Haritos is pure sugar. This episode is pure nostalgia, and nobody does nostalgia better than those born in the 1900s. I don't know anybody born in the 1800s, and there's not enough nostalgia yet from the early 2000s. Well, maybe early 2000s. Shrek is in there. Yeah. So there is some nostalgia brewing and beginning, uh, but we just did a whole episode on Teenage Mutant Ninja Kangaroos, so I yeah. think we have the corner or the market cornered. Um, and that's really what we're going to tap in today. Speaking of Warriors of Virtue, may or may not, I, I hope you last, uh, listened to the last episode. Beyond that, I hope you watch the movie. That's my only hope for anybody at this point. Yeah, I tried convincing a buddy of mine to watch it. I don't know if he's watching it right now, um, but he did send me a quote from the film okay. that I did not recall this happening. Now, we obviously, we hit on a bunch of crazy things that were said in that movie, but he quoted to me, they're going to make hot dogs out of our weenies. Yes. I don't remember that line. It's when they were going to meet the bullies yeah. Yeah, at this, in the sewer. Um, I'm not going to lie. Because of time, that was a long episode. And yeah. because of time, I cut out a whole page of notes that I had taken on that movie. So we could have done a season on breaking down this well, movie. Easily. Um, but Warriors of Virtue may or may not be making another appearance today. Wow. There may, not on my half. That has nothing to do with my childhood. There may have been a miscommunication as to what this episode was, so I'm real interested to see what our lists break down. We are doing a top 10. Aaron brings 10, I bring 10. We are going to combine those to give you a top 10 of something. And what is it this time? It is the best of the bad, our favorite poorly received 90s movies. Oh, in that case, uh, yeah, my list is not that. Okay. Mine is genuinely the best, like my favorite movies of the 90s. This is, I'm going to look like such an idiot at the end of this when none of my terrible things make it onto this. Yes, I actually love this better. This is why I asked you. I said, are these supposed to be bad films? No, you said, is this supposed to be serious? I'm 100% serious. Okay, well, that's a little bit. That's the, that's, the, that's the problem there. Because if that's the case, then my outside looking in should be at the top of the list here. Well, flip it and let's go. Well, that's my only one. <laughs> All right, so we're just going to shake this down. We're going to give you some good and some bad. You, you pick. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be totally different uh, setups. Actually, though, I'm a little bit more excited by yours because I think mine always make it onto these episodes where I always talk about my my kind of '90s nostalgia, my Surf Ninjas. Yeah. You know, like I, mine's always ended up on these things. So I actually am way more interested in yours right now. All right. Well, let's no further ado. Let's jump in. What What is your one? What is your honorable mention? Oh, my honorable mention is a Macaulay Culkin classic. Okay. That nobody watched. Uh, currently, with a Rotten Tomato score of 21%, that is the Page Master. Page Master, yeah. Also, an outstanding Sega Genesis video game, but that was, you know, that classic blend of animation meets real life. Uh, great, great, great uh, movie. Loved that movie. Thought that movie was way bigger than it actually was. It's kind of one of those 
now that you're well in your 30s and you're like, yeah, everybody loved Page Master. Everybody saw that. Same thing I would have said about uh, Warriors of Virtue. And you realize, oh, wait, nobody watched that. Nobody cared about okay. that. So uh, the Page Master, that was my outside looking in on this list. But according to you, this should probably be number one. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a nightmare. Yes, um, it is. My honorable mention comes in with a Rotten Tomatoes score of 58%, which is far and away the highest rating of anything I have on my list. Um, 1997, you were watching Warriors of Virtue. How old were you in 1997? I would have been 11. So you were 11 years old in 1997 watching Warriors of Virtue. I was six years old in 1997 watching this rated R movie. Wow. <laughs> you have Steve Buscemi as a cannibal. You have John Cusack as a maverick detective. Dave Chappelle learns he cannot fly. Leanne Rimes goes hard on the soundtrack. John Malkovich is Cyrus the Virus and Nick Cage just wants to give his daughter a bunny. Con Air Dude. is my honorable mention. One of the best, but it's a 58%. How is so that your honorable playing, mention? The game I'm playing, I can't put it at the top of the list. We're playing two different games. Dog hears me going crazy. I'm sorry about that. Um, if you can hear him in the background. But Con Air is my looking through the glass on the outside. Uh, I do kind of like this, though. Uh, me doing the top of this and you doing the bottom of this. It is actually a good combination. But Chaz, you did inspire me a little bit. So I'm going to change one of my honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, you have multiple honorable mentions. I, I did, but I'm going to remove one completely because it's a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm going to remove that one completely. Get that out of you. Exactly. Coming at me with like freaking Toy Story. All right, so let me give you another trash one, okay? Okay. This came out in 1991. Again, probably a film you have not seen before. I would be shocked. This is one of those movies. This is such classic 90s where it is PG-13, but I could have told you that movie was rated R from some of the scenes that I remember okay. in that movie. Um, it has an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is Fantastic. Drop Dead Fred. The basic, Drop Dead Fred. Yes, the basic premises of that film is that it is a, a little girl who has a imaginary friend named Fred uh, who she can't get rid of. So even yeah. as an adult, she still sees her imaginary friend uh, uh, Fred in it. So that doesn't have Carrie Fisher in it, so you know, take that for what you will. Um, but just because you inspired me and when you told me I did this game wrong, I was now like, well, I do remember this movie off the top of my head. So I was glad to see that also had a very bad tomato, a rotten tomato score. So we talked about this on our last episode. If you listen to the Warriors of Virtue breakdown, at the very end of it, I said, let's rank the best of the bad from the 90s and not revisit anything. So I'm going to drop that little grain of sand in here and say, I don't recall I haven't revisited anything on my list. There's probably a reason that they're rated this low and I'm bleeding into my childhood heart here. Um, so I'm going to fight for these and just know, I understand they're garbage. I, I get it. I, I know there's a reason. I thought that was a Haritos you just pulled up. It's not. I got so excited for a minute. How does this, this is a pure leaf. Yeah. I just saw the top when you were taking You only see things in Haritos now. That's all you see now. <laughs> they sent me some glasses um, yeah. and everything's weird. Now. <laughs> you have, you have no other honorable mentions. I, not at the moment. I, I bet if like I could think of once and my, my list is about to get very serious very quickly. <laughs> okay. Well, let me knock that off. I'll start with my number 10. Um, or do you want to start with yours and just let mine just put you on the edge of your seat each round? Uh, all right. So if we are going to, are we going to base this just off of score? Sure. Or my personal list? All right. Who knows if, now? If we're going off of score, then my number 10 on this list is Fight Club, which okay. in my head, that's a much higher rated film. Um, I love Fight Club. In fact, you, you might notice a theme of, of directors here. Uh-oh. Um, because this will, this will not be the last time, what? Your number 10 and my number 10 are the most <laughs> different movies. That's the best, I actually kind of like this idea actually better. This worked out, where I'm going to give you, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, that at one point, one of my movies will be a very famous Holocaust film. Oh my gosh, look at Chandler's <laughs> list. 
so well, my, you know what? I've got a Spielberg movie on my list as well. Uh, so my my number yeah my uh, my number ten is is Fight Club. We're making What's your two number ten shows right? Now? <laughs> no, this is way better. Tell me what your number ten oh, for your well, bottom of the barrel movies of the nineties. Let me just build it up. Uh, it's nineteen ninety four. What's going on in nineteen ninety four? Tanya Harding has Nancy Kerrigan kneecapped. Um, the first genetically modified or engineered tomatoes are sold, and now that's all we eat is genetically engineered food. O.J. Simpson takes the police on the slowest, most insane, most televised police chase of all time. Ebola is tearing through countries. And here in America, we release The Flintstones. <laughs> Dude, that's a good movie. Classic. <laughs> the cast on this alone, it is at, uh, unfortunately, a 21%. Do you feel that's justified a 21 Rotten Tomatoes percent? I, I, again, have not re revisited this film in a very long time, but I have a very close, I, I don't, I can't, I can't explain love, man. But for some <laughs> reason, I've got a weird connection in my heart to the Lion King and yep. to the Flintstones. And the reason why is because both of them, I saw near cornfields. So <laughs> uh, the cornfields of I Illinois. corn. No, I saw two movies, in my memories as a child, I saw two movies out of my grandparents' farm out in Illinois. And those two movies were Lion King and Flintstones. And in my head, Flintstones was amazing. So uh, I refuse to believe this bad. And the cast is great. You got Kyle McLaughlin, or what, McLaughlin maybe? He is Mr. 90s, right? You've got Dan Florek. He's Twin Peaks guy. Uh, yes. Dan Florek, Law & Order SVU. Elizabeth Taylor and Halle Berry. Then you have, of course, Elizabeth Perkins, Rosie O'Donnell, Rick Moranis, by the way, heavy favorite of my list, and John Goodman. Yeah. Just a fantastic cast for a fantastic movie. Yeah. Judging by the steals, does it hold up? Absolutely not, but I'm, all, I'm here for it all day long. Uh, Chess, that was an excellent choice, and truthfully better than my number 10 um, of, <laughs> Clover the Flint. Of, of Fight Club. So I, I think jumping up here to uh, number nine, again, a personal favorite of mine, and put a director on the map. A director who has a film releasing this weekend. Oh, snap. And that is The Sixth Sense. At 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, M. Night Shyamalan was introduced to the world. Uh, again, a personal favorite of mine. I very much remember sitting in theaters, seeing that film, being blown away because it was the first time I had ever ex experienced a twist in a film. I remember going home, it was me and my dad who went and saw the film. I told my mom, my brother and sister, everybody get in the car. We are going back to the theaters. We are going to go see this movie again. We did. Uh, I saw Sixth Sense twice in one night. Uh, so uh, for me, The Sixth Sense, that is number nine on my very serious films of the 90s. Oh, man. This is heartbreaking. Um, <laughs> my next movie, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's pure nostalgia for me because I cannot make an argument that this movie is good in any iteration. I just remember watching it as a child and liking it. I was five when this movie came out. Another heavy favorite of mine is going to be Robin Williams. And I didn't want three Robin Williams movies on here. Whoa. Um, so Imagine. It was a toss-up between Jack and Flubber. And I went with Jack. I, I would agree with that. Jack is worse than Flubber. Yeah, it is a 17%. Uh, some reviews I pulled from Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, very eloquent and well-spoken reviewers said, sometimes a movie just sucks. And another... That's true. Another professional movie reviewer their full review of this movie is barf that's wow. their full review of this movie but i do remember very much enjoying this movie as a child uh, 90s uh, i can think of like five films that even trying hard that had just robin williams in them because he was as a, especially as a child what an impact mm -hmm. he, he was such a good blend of just like 
childlike excitement and and comedy, and he was such a good fit there. I mean, I remember thinking, I, I Flubber could be real someday. <laughs> uh, I was just very excited for it to exist someday, and I thought that maybe we would get. Oh, here we are today. I still have no Flubber, which is kind of a, a letdown. It's, it's, it's a shame. Yeah, it is. But that is a great, great choice there again, Chaz. Uh, Chaz, I'm going to switch this up a little bit and uh, change the tone uh, a little bit here uh, to something, very, again, very, very serious. And I'm going with number 88. We have seen this movie Minute. This has an 88 on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Also a little surprising to me. Um, I'm, I'm noticing the trend is usually I watch the movie like multiple times in one night. Yeah. I'm, I'm noticing that now. Not all of them, but there's, there's some here. Uh, again, we've seen this thing mimicked so many times, including our most recent episode of Shrek, where we mentioned this. Oh, yeah. So, number eight on my list is The Matrix. Uh, really, a sci-fi classic, in my opinion. I can't believe that came out in the 90s. That was technically 1999. Feels like such a 2000-era style movie, but really, that sets the tone uh, for that moving forward. So, very different from Flubber, or I'm sorry, Jack. Uh, the Matrix, 88%, Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. I like it. I'm still getting whiplash going from your list to my list. It's, it's a great list. I'm in my mind. We talked about this when we did the Secret Canadian episode of I try to think through this as a producer as opposed to only a host and the nightmare that's going to come when we try to condense this into one 10, 10 movie list is... I don't think we're going to be able to, Chaz. I think we're just going to have to keep these as two separate just, lists. Yeah, this is just these are two separate lists. Um, let's go back to the year. I, I like that layout. The year is 1995. I am at my grandma's house and I break out. I open the curio cabinet where all the VHSs are sitting. I break out one of the VHSs Pop it in the, um, pop it in the TV, and my cousins and I sit there and watch what we would quote for the next several years, and what we thought was the funniest movie we had seen at the time. Now, In Living Color had just ended, and Blank Man had just bombed at the box office. So Damon Wayans, looking to revive his career, becomes Major Pain. The, this you're putting this on your list. Number twenty-nine or twenty-nine percent at number eight. One of my favorite bad '90s movies. I, uh, to me, that was that's classic Wayans. That should not go on that list. Um, by the way, you just mentioning some words made me think of another outside looking in. But I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to find it. See, I would have had a list here, but I kind of like <laughs> that these are so different. This is kind of funny to me. Uh, okay, uh, all right. I've got an outside looking in real quick. Okay. Um, three. This came out in 1998. This is really PG-13. Why? Um, and that is Small Soldiers with a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, just a a great, great film with animatronic toys. It's The Toy Story is what if they murdered each other is, is what it is. Um, uh, great. Can't believe that made $55 million at the box office. But uh, that's my outside looking in. So, uh, Chaz, you as a young child, you might finish watching Major Pain and say, you know what, I need a bit of a palate cleanser. I need to get away from this silliness. And that's when you would turn to David Fincher's uh, Seven. <laughs> And yes, as a at child, an, I sure I had an 88 on Rotten Tomatoes. You just need something different. You're going to switch over to Seven. Uh, again, Seven has probably one of the greatest Kevin Spacey uh, performances ever. Uh, also, wildly shocked. When researching a lot of films in the 90s, Kevin Spacey was in, like, every other film. That was like, his, his decade. And he was a little bit, like, obviously most of his films... I wouldn't watch it so much older because they were they were children's films. They were, they were adult films. So uh, Seven is not made for children. But just kind of crazy. Like actually how much out there he, he was during the 90s. Um, but that's one of my all-time favorite David Fincher films. I absolutely love Seven. Again, saw it twice in one day. Um, yeah, so great palate cleanser for Major Pain. What's next on your list, Jess? 
I just want to say, if I was getting fresh movies on this list, Small Soldiers would have probably been my number one. I loved that movie. Yeah, it's a 49% of our tomatoes, so not, oh, not there. Could've, it could have made it to my list, but the highest I wanted to actually go on my list was 40%. So, not quite at. It's, it's not bad enough to be on my list, but it's not good enough to be on my better version of this list. But, all that to say, we're not making a combined list. This is the combined list. Go watch Small Soldiers. Um, what are we on? We're on number seven. Aaron, the 90s were a decade of Christmas movies. I would say the majority of classic Christmas movies come from the 90s. If I gave you an hour, I don't think you could list the movie I'm about to say. Go ahead and give me three 1990s Christmas movies. Jazz, this is a trick because you know I hate Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. I don't like Christmas movies, so I tend to... This, what you're going to say right now, I know you're going to mention Jack Frost. Jack Frost. Did I get it? Not the Santa Claus, not, not Nightmare Before Christmas, Home Alone, The Superior Ooh. Home Alone 2, I'll Be Home for Christmas, Miracle on 34th Street, and A Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, yeah, A Muppet Christmas Carol. You know what everybody's missing out on? Freaking Jack Frost. Michael How Keaton. did I nail that? <laughs> Michael Keaton neglecting his family, dying in a car crash, and being revived into the body of a snowman by a magic harmonica. Don't forget that part. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, spoiler alert, just melting? He's just gone at the end of this? Yeah. This is the 90s. We're supposed to have happy endings. Bring your tissues and watch Jack Frost. Be very careful. There, this came out in 1998. In 1997, a very different Jack Frost came out. And if you click on the wrong movie, you're going to scar your children. I'm not yeah. maybe speaking from experience, but just to let you know. Just a heads up there. What, what was the Rotten Tomatoes score on that one? Jack Frost has a 19% on that is a, That is a robbery. You don't give Michael Keaton a 19%. That yeah. just does not happen. That's the problem. That's the problem. And... Chaz, that is a, a wonderful selection for a Christmas film, although a little bit heartbreaking. And, you know, sometimes, Chaz, again, you just need to switch things up to an all-time 90s classic. I'm sure if we just rated you and me together the best films of the 90s, this would be up there. And that is one that they've now ruined and, and shot into oblivion. Jurassic Park at a 91%. Um, just a, a legendary film. Still holds it to this day. The CGI looks great. The animatronics just look great. Uh, it's, it's never not a fun movie to watch. Although I do kind of struggle at what age am I allowed to show this to my children. I saw it at a much younger age than they are right now, but I, I just want them to experience the joy of dinosaurs eating humans. That's all I want them to see. So um, uh, Jurassic Park, 91%, Rotten Tomatoes. Every now and then I'll tell my daughter, hold your butts, and she just thinks I'm funny. Uh, so. I literally say it every single time in the car. Okay. If I take a turn that is slightly too sharp, I say, hold your butts. Everybody <laughs> hold your butts. Sure that. She's going to be heartbroken that you didn't. You didn't come up with this? This is a Samuel Jackson yeah. picture. It's unfortunate. Uh, you thought Jack Frost was rated low. How about my number six? I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. It's Hook from 1991. And it is a bad review? 29% on Rotten. Uh, Chad, some of these things are kind of blowing my mind a little bit because <laughs> your nostalgia says that movie was great and everybody loves it. Well, let me read you this you... review from the LA Times. Very official. For very much like Peter, it has clearly gotten harder for this director to break free from the lure of material things and believe in simple magic. Do you know who directed Hook? I have no clue, but I, I guess Spielberg. Steven Spielberg directed Hook. I, not just about magic. Um, let me be very clear. invented movies. <laughs> let me be very clear about what we're talking about. If I read this review, uh, let's take out the For Much Like Peter. It has clearly gotten harder for this director to break free, and you know you're talking about Spielberg, of the lure of material things and believe in simple magic. And you say, oh, they are talking about Ready Player One. Okay, that makes sense to me. Uh, but... If you tell me that this is early, early Spielberg, and you're saying this about Hook, he's not lost anything for magic. This is the most magic movie there is apart from E.T. 
Yeah, that's a that is pretty crazy, and and it's also crazy that you have a Spielberg film on your list, and I'll have a Spielberg film on my list. Yeah, on two opposite ends of the spectrum, and again, he's he's he is the most famous director of our time. Yeah, that's absolutely of the last true. what 30, 40 years. Yeah, I'll tell you this: it goes. <laughs> Jaws, Close Encounters, Indiana Jones, E.T., Indiana Jones, Empire of the Sun, Indiana Jones, Hook, Jurassic Park. Hook become, be, comes before Jurassic Park, comes before Schindler's List. He kind of loses it with Jurassic World, um, or The Lost World, pardon me, The Lost World, Jurassic um, Park 2, and then AI. Yeah, there's some bad movies in there, but you still have The Terminal. You still have Catch Me If You Can, Minority Report, Munich, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was garbage, uh, War Horse, Lincoln, and you're going to tell me that this guy's lost his magic in yeah. 1991? Get out of what you had, What you had was somebody that was so, they, they've been sitting there with their finger on the trigger to declare him dead. They wanted to declare him dead, and they wanted to be the first person to do it. And Hook came out, and they were like, oh, he's gone. The magic's gone. He's not going to make another good movie ever again. And uh, come to find out, he's still making movies today. And he's still making some good movies along the way. So, yeah, that guy was slightly off. Slightly this was, off. This was my other Robin Williams movie that was definitely making the list. But if you tell me, oh, yeah, Dustin Hoffman is Captain Hook, I would say no way. And then you watch that movie, and he's perfect. Bob Hoskins as Smee, perfect. Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell, I can take it or leave it. <laughs> Glenn Close's uncredited bearded pirate, perfect. The, 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 the cast is is pretty great in that movie. That's a, just yeah. a, a a fun fun movie. Um, you know, here's the I, I, I'm gonna again switch it up because here's the thing, right? Top five, baby. Children sometimes turn into grown-ups, and sometimes <laughs> grown-ups go to prison. In 1994, we get the Shawshank Redemption. Tell me today, is there a better, is there a better classic for a prison? No. Escape from Alcatraz. Ah, dang, that's a good one. Or, <laughs> sorry, or the Green Mile. Yeah, Maybe the Green Mile is, is is in there. But uh, Shawshank Redemption, uh, just an outstanding film. I don't, I don't, how old was I when I watched this movie? Probably way too young. But this came out in 1994, uh, and this thing stuck with me for a really, really long time. Again, great cast. I just had to double check though, because I was like, who directed that film? That was Frank Darabont. And the only other place that I remember Frank Darabont's name is he was one of the original creators of The Walking Dead. And then that was kind of it. I don't, I'm sure he's done a bunch of other things. Somebody's going to be losing their mind that I just said that. But uh, uh, also, wildly shocked at how unsuccessful this was in the box office. It only made $27.3 million. It's, it's so funny to see films like that that are like truly influential influential films that people would watch today and they would love it and they would talk about it and yet nobody cared about it in 1994 so that's just that's always a, a little bit crazy to me but um yes that has a, a 91 on on rotten tomatoes i feel like eight-year-old Chaz is arguing with imdb with our <laughs> list stack oh it's an uphill battle man. but number five what would you do if i told you i have two christmas movies on my list i would hate Oh, well, I've got two Christmas movies <laughs> on my list. Uh, and honestly, this movie, I did not pick. I don't care that it's Christmas. This can take place at a birthday if you want it to. Not necessarily Jesus's birthday. Uh, but I picked this. It's at a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. But I feel like this movie is the perfect time capsule. Definitely of 1996, but maybe of the 90s period. You've got Jim Belushi, who people are like, okay, do we like him? Do we not like him? He's still going by James Belushi at the time, so probably pretentious. You've got Jake Lloyd, 
who would go on to become Anakin freaking Skywalker in the late 90s. Uh, you got Martin Mole, who has a bunch of credits, but let's be real, he was the principal from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, Rita Wilson, she is one of the ladies of the 90s. You got Sinbad is one of the top. Dude, I love Sinbad, man. Yeah. That, what a great 90s actor. <laughs> yes, 90s uh, stage performer, just comedian, period. Phil Hartman, oh man. If you're thinking SNL and you're thinking uh, R.I.P., you're thinking Phil Hartman. Absolutely R.I.P. And then you have Mr. Late 80s and 90s, just period, in Arnold Schwarzenegger going after this Turbo Man in Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way, if you're asking me right now, all right, we're going to go watch a Christmas film, but it's very kid-centric. What are we going to go watch? Chaz, I think one of the last films you and I physically watched together, <laughs> Probably. not in a movie theater, was Turbo Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jingle all the way, uh, all the way, man. So, it, it, if, if I remember, I just called it Turbo Man, but you did. just because in my head, the movie's called Turbo Man, so because uh, it's a better name for it. Uh, but I think that was like the last one that we we saw together yeah. that was not in a theater. So uh, that's an excellent choice. I was gonna hate you for a Christmas film, but if I have to watch a kids Christmas film, that's the one I'm gonna pick. That one's great. And I mean, you can't. I mean, Amazon exists. You can't make this now. That no. cast and the scenario in my mind is the perfect time capsule if you say give me a movie that shows me what the 90s was this is what i'm giving you yeah that's a that's a that's a great call Chaz. um absolutely criminal that it's not on my list and that it's on your list um <laughs> but sometimes that's just how life is you want to know why Chaz? because sometimes life is war number i don't even know what no, number please one tell me that's not your transition transition into schindler's list saving private gonna... ryan okay. at 94 percent on rotten tomatoes uh, we just got done talking about Steven Spielberg and how he's trash. He lost his magic. He lost his touch. He's a bad director now. Well, guess what? 94% Rotten Tomatoes. Saving Private Ryan. Uh, just an outstanding war film. In fact, to this day, Chaz, you and me, we still do this. We watch a good war film, and we always have to go back to Saving Private Ryan because Saving Private Ryan did something that we just had not seen in movies to that point. So it set a bar that I don't want to say it hasn't been... It hasn't gone over there, but even something like, like when we saw 1917, 1917 is, is probably one of my favorite war films I, I enjoyed a lot, but it does lack the heart and touch that Saving Private Ryan has. It's not built that way. It's built more as a war story where Saving Private Ryan kind of had it all in there. Some absolutely gut-wrenching scenes all throughout that film. 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, Saving Private Ryan. I have no notes for this one. I'm just going to put this out there and you can do with it what you will. This is my childhood. This is what I grew up on. Ice puns and all. I'm taking it 12%. Batman and Robin, 1997. That is such a good one, though. <laughs> such a good, trashy 90s movie. Yes. I, I mean, it's... Let's be honest, though. We have never seen a Gotham quite like the Schumacher Gotham. That's very okay? true. Yeah. And sometimes, I kind of miss it. Yeah. I kind of miss it. <laughs> this it crazy, was so... crazy, like, vertical city for some reason. Nothing's horizontal. Yes. Everything's vertical. I, everything is just the, the, the biggest possible skyscraper you can have. And... There's just some type of weird element to it that I just kind of miss. And I'm like, I know I'm never going to get that back because we've gone too far. Nolan has already taken this thing to the next point. We will never go back. So there is something endearing about going back to those chats. That is absolutely perfect on that list. Uh, do you have anything else to say about that? No, I mean, All right, just Batman. I, will say, I will say I love Batman. Everybody who's listened to this knows that that's my go-to superhero. And I was born in 91. So Schumacher is what I was introduced to. And then I had to go back to Burton and then make my way to Nolan. So these are my OG Batman movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, for me pretty much too. Like I, I obviously remembered seeing the Tim Burton ones, but they didn't, they didn't hook me the same way. 
because mm-hmm. they were just hitting me at a different time. But then, you know, the Schumacher ones come along and, you know, those those were everything. Did you ever have the um, glass cups that you got from McDonald's? Dude, the, I, that's like that's permanently ingrained in my brain that those Batman things yep. were connected to McDonald's. Really, really weird. Um, Chaz, this one is surprising to me. Okay. This next one on my list is really surprising. And I love that you bring up Batman because you bring up a very important 90s actor mm. in Jim Carrey. Yep. Could you even guess what film Jim Carrey was in that would end up on this list? It's not The Mask. It's not The Mask, which you might, you're you sitting there thinking, 90s, what is it going to be? It's not Ace Ventura. No, it's not Ace Ventura. It's not The Cable Guy. Oh, The Truman Show. The Truman Show has a 95% on Tomatoes, which I love The Truman Show, but you kind of realize this. You're going through your list, and some of these things are shocking to me because I'm like, no, this has got to be higher. And so I'm thinking in my head, The Truman Show is one of those. I like the film, but everybody hated it, and it was a bad movie. No, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is a great movie. It just feels like, again, it's a style of movie that just doesn't exist anymore. We're never going back and, and seeing a movie like that. Um, I love The Truman Show. Possibly. It's no, It's my second favorite Jim Carrey movie of all time. I would say number one of all time is Eternal it's Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Nope. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, he, uh, Jim Carrey could do serious. And yeah. his dramatic roles were actually pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could almost argue he did it better than the, the, the comedies in some ways. Yeah. I was not an Ace Ventura man. But I was a Dumb and Dumber man. Yeah, I was so I do appreciate him in that. So it's a, uh, but yes, that is uh, number three on my list with just uh, two more to go. All right, we're getting into it now. We're going to talk about uh, a blockbuster, huge movie. A movie that I thought for a couple years was just my own fever dream. And then we're going to talk about a movie that I kind of want to go watch right now. Uh, but let's start with the blockbuster right now. Aaron, what do you get when you cross Ice Cube, Danny Trejo, Jennifer Lopez, John Voight, and Owen Wilson? What movie were all of these guys in? This isn't Deep Blue Sea, is it? No. Fun fact, that's the first R-rated movie I ever watched in a theater. Was Deep Blue Sea? Yeah. I didn't remember the cast in that film, so that's Uh, me just kind of guessing. You get a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes with a movie called Anaconda. (gasps) Anaconda! I forgot all those guys were in this movie. Yeah, Owen Wilson in Anaconda. Wow, that, to me, in my memory of the 90s, that was the next Jaws, right? Yeah. Like, you had Jaws, but in the 90s, we had Anaconda. That was kind of like the big movie that everybody saw, but was super stupid. Yeah, super stupid. Um, Owen Wilson, John Voight, even J-Lo, you kind of are left scratching your head at some of these castings. But my favorite casting on the whole thing, um, have you ever heard the name Frank Welker? No. You've definitely heard his voice. He has 2,098 credits from 660 VO titles what? alone, not, not even including live action. This man's he's a legend. Voice, he's the voice of Scooby-Doo, first off, and Fred. Uh, okay. Um, he's Garfield. He's in Muppet Babies. He's Transformers. He's Megatron. He's in DuckTales. He's in Tailspin, Aladdin, Johnny Bravo. Wow. That's just to name a few. And he is credited as the voice of the Anaconda. When does this Anaconda talk? I do not want to go back and revisit this movie, but I do at the same time to see when this snake talks and hear Megatron's voice come out, or Scooby-Doo's voice come yeah. out of this snake. Yeah. Yeah. This would be a good rewatch. Maybe this is something we keep in our back pocket. This might be worth rewatching. Uh, but yeah, that's that's got to be my number three. It, it definitely changed the way I looked at snakes and those type of animal action horror movies. I don't know how do you categorize yeah. that. Uh, because it's I not love even that like, you called it our jaws. <laughs> I, really though, it is. Was it not? <laughs> and it's a forty percent. <laughs> yeah, our jaws. It's uh, us and it's trash. Welcome yeah, to kids. yeah, and one hundred percent was the nineties jaws. Um, uh, Chaz. Uh, this one isn't very serious. This is actually 
But you know what though? Because the last one might be. Uh, give me a good transition, please. Um, oh man, if you compare the Holocaust to movie critics, <laughs> I'm so worried. Just uh, we'll see what happens. I, I gotta work it in my brain. So, uh, Jazz, at uh, at number two is the Nightmare Before Christmas. So this is uh, to me again such a personal film because yep. I love stop motion films. They still mean a lot to me today. And this was kind of this wasn't the original. Obviously, this stuff had been happening for years. I used to watch with my dad, Jason and the Argonauts. Mm -hmm. uh, they used to have those giant climation skeletons yeah. that would fight on screen. Um, so this stuff had existed before, but I feel like The Nightmare Before Christmas really puts it into the next level and really kind of makes it mainstream. I say mainstream just because you can go to a Hot Topic anywhere in America and buy yourself a Jack Skellington shirt. The but not mainstream. Yeah, not mainstream in the sense that you're seeing claymation films all over the place now. They're still pretty rare. Yeah. Um, but I always have a soft spot in my heart for them, and that all is thanks to The Nightmare Before Christmas. Is it a Christmas film? Is it a Halloween film? The answer is yes. I have no... I have no transition in the fact that, okay, this is a cartoon too. Um, this is one that I grew up watching often at my grandma's house. Other grandma. I have two grandmas. I don't know how you're doing with that, but um, I have two grandmas growing up. Wow. Did I to brag? Did I get a brag? Jeez. <laughs> I technically had four, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but I don't even remember what I was talking about. Oh. Um, just Broken before, families. Yes. Before I could even use a remote before I was old enough to do pretty much anything. We hit the year, you cracked yourself up with that one. Yeah, I did. <laughs> we hit the year 1994. I'm three years old, and this movie still sticks with me to this day. Uh, directed by Don Bluth and Gary Goldman, who are responsible for The Secret of Nim, which was very, very instrumental in my childhood, but not actually from- Devastating. An American Tale, The Land Ooh. Before Time, All Dogs Go to Heaven, and Anastasia. Holy all smokes, this guy is crushing it. Yeah, uh, all of those. Except for that last one, Anastasia was eh, for me. But the rest were like, yeah, we're watching these all the time. Uh, he was born in 1937, Don Bluth was, and he is currently making a Dragon Lair movie with Ryan Reynolds. So oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be cool. Uh, but probably his lowest rated movie is my number two 90s movie of my rotten list with a 14% in A Troll in Central Park. I don't even know this one. Yeah, this is my this. Warriors of Virtue. This is one that I absolutely adore that no one else has ever heard of. I'm, I'm going to pull this up right now. A Troll with a Green Thumb, uh, voiced by Dom DeLuise, I'm pretty sure, who is banished from his troll world and can touch, and he just touches the ground and brings flowers and all kinds of awesome things. And him and a toddler and the toddler's older brother set forth to overthrow the evil troll queen. Um, fun fact, I revisited the trailer um, a couple months ago for this, and in the trailer... They say, we've defeated the queen, so you know how this ends before you ever walk into the <laughs> Why would they do that? I don't know. Bad trailer cutting. They were like, nobody's going to watch this. Uh, Chess, uh, I'm looking this up now, and no, this is not ringing a bell for me at all. And um, uh, uh, I, I love binging things. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, first off, this looks awful. Um, it looks really, really bad. So, a thing that Bing does that is kind of funny for certain items... On the right side, it'll kind of give you like an overview breakdown of the film. Yeah. Like just different things, like the cast, Rotten Tomato score, IMDb score, some images, a, a Wikipedia description. And if you scroll down a little bit, there's like these blurbs it pulls out okay. just out of the internet to kind of summarize it. And it just says here, a troll in Central Park is, in exclamation points, not a terrible film. Thank it's you. just extremely sweet and innocent. <laughs> and this world isn't ready for it. Where is this coming from? Me, I wrote that review. No, it's an IMDb review that they just pulled off and put on here. Somebody <laughs> came to its defense. Is that you, Chaz? Yes it's or me. no? It's me. Uh, Cloris Leachman as an evil troll? Who doesn't want that? Uh, 
Yeah, this is this is like there's there's some absolute gems of, of animated films there in the nineties. I don't know if I would put this in this list. Um, um I'm not gonna make some awkward transition transition into the Holocaust here. I'm not gonna do that. Okay? Even though I want to. But I'm not gonna do that. Uh, so Schindler's list is uh, number one on my list for, for for greatest films of the nineties. That is currently sitting with a ninety-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, did you ever have to watch Schindler's List in school? I did not have to watch it for school. No. We we watched it in we watched it in school. That was the first my first time experiencing the film, and I watched I think one other time outside of that. It's a long film for one. Yes, it's very long. You know what? You know what's crazy to me is one day we're gonna lose Liam Neeson. One yeah. day we're gonna lose him, and it's crazy to think that our generation is gonna know Liam Neeson <laughs> as the crappy action movie guy. Yeah. Like that's what we're gonna remember him as. And meanwhile, he stars in one of the best films of the 90s in a dramatic role that is, like, timeless. And yet, we're not going to remember him that way. How do you reverse your career so badly to the point where you'll be known as the Ice Road guy? Ice Road Trucker. (laughs) Or the guy that punches a Wolverine in, what was the name of that movie? I I forget the name. You're talking about The Grey? The Grey. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was. That's how we're going to remember him. Not in Schindler's List. That's, that's, that is crazy to me. Um, but yes, uh, an all-time great. Um, right in line with A Troll in Central Park. You can probably watch those movies back-to-back. I recommend going to Troll in Central Park first, then follow up with Schindler's List. Oh, I think no, it would just can, make you more sense. You might need some cool down Schindler's List. By the way, I absolutely loved this idea. We should definitely do this again, where we do a, the lowest and then the highest. <laughs> I think that's just such a good back and forth. I love that so much. Oh, man. Again, how do you transition? By the way, yeah, you will read an article that will say Liam Neeson, known for Taken, Taken on a Train, Taken on a Plane, Taken with a Goose, Taken with a Moose, and Schindler's List. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, before the Haritos conversation we had yesterday, one of my friends was looking through news on his phone, and he read the headline, Ted 2 actor Tom Brady. Yes, I saw it. <laughs> I think it was made as a joke yes. that Tom Brady's biggest accomplishment was Ted 2. But yes, that was very funny. Oh man. Okay, so you're a, a sports movie guy. Sure, I enjoy. Everybody enjoys a good sports film. Yes. Yeah. What about if you're in 1994, and the aforementioned Rick Moranis is coaching Pee Wee football, going up against I think that's his brother. This and is not a bad movie. movie. Don't you uh, dare. Thirty-six percent is what they've got for Little Giants. No, no, my, no, 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 no. One of my favorite 90s movies. Little Giants. I, I'm, all right, fine. I'll say this. I'll add to the blasphemy here. I'll add to the blasphemy here real quick, okay? Little Giants, I'm declaring this now, Little Giants is better than Sandlot. Yeah, 100% better than Sandlot. Little Giants is more enjoyable as a kid's sports film than Sandlot. That is just, that's just a fact. That's not even a question. It's been 30 years since I've seen Little Giants, but yeah. I can tell you right now, I know it's better. We have talked about the insanity that is how my mind works, uh, but there is a specific scene in this movie that plays on repeat in my head, and it, at least once a week, it'll just randomly pop in my head, and it makes me happy. It's what carries me through the dark times in life, and it's when the wide receiver thinks he gets stickum, but he gets super glue, and, uh, yeah. and he claps his hands, and his hands stick together, and he's running, and then he gets it stuck to his chest, and he's laying there on the field because the ball hit him in the head. He couldn't catch it, and his hands are just yeah. <laughs> trying to get him unstuck. That's, it's so good. Why is my- this 36%? My scene in Little Giants that I always think about is when one of the boys' alignment is trying to intimidate the other guy. He puts, like, the Alka-Seltzer tablet in his mouth, so he foams. So I just remember him his mouth just foaming like crazy. That always sticks in my head. And that kid looks like what Rick Moranis would have looked like when he was younger. And they yeah. didn't cast him as his son. No. Crazy. Missed opportunity right there. 
also, this whole movie sets off because screw sexism, man. This girl wants to play football. Let her play football. Yeah. Tony Dead O'Neill. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That is the villain in that movie. I forgot yeah. about that one, too. That's a good villain. It's that like, is a really good villain. Do you like Kicking and Screaming? I think Kicking and Screaming is better than I think it gets credit for. Then you like Little Giants. Yeah, that's, it is. It's the same set. But his dad is Dick, Dick Buckus, right? Who's his dad in that movie? Um, his dad his, is Robert Duvall. Mike Ditka no. is the neighbor. Yeah, Ditka's it's in his, it, not Buckus. Yes, yeah. Ditka's in it. Okay. I remember Ditka being in it. I thought that was who his dad was, but you were right. It was Robert Duvall. Yeah, he becomes the last I've seen that movie. Will Ferrell's uh, assistant coach. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Here's your lists. Good luck, I guess. Yeah, if you were sitting down right now and you want to you you try a little bit of both, you want to try a little bit of what was the worst of the 90s and what was the best of the 90s. You want to know what that is. Yeah. You, and now we've just given you the comprehensive lists. Very easy for you right now. And if you are like us, you're a fan of nostalgia, both of these are going to tickle you a little bit. Both of these are going to get you a little bit. Um, but frankly, if I have to choose a list, I'm, I'm picking your list. You picked <laughs> you way better. Seven, and then you can watch Jingle all the way. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, you put Little Giants on a list. You know, come on. You got Hook on the list. I, I'm going with your list. That's a great list. Pretty good list. Uh, Small Soldiers, though. That's that's your number one stop here. Uh, but also watch Con Air on that side of the Yeah, game. true. Con Air is... is uh, it's just a, a great, great, great film. Just a great mullet. Great mullet. Yeah. Yeah. If nothing else, watch it for his terrible southern accent and his beautiful hair. Yeah. And Leanne. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got. See you.